Hello everyone and welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. This is Bola from clevergirlfinance.com and today I have a special guest. Her name is Letitia Styles. She is a business strategist and also a finance expert and she is the brains and beauty behind letitiastyles.com and youngfinances.com. And today's episode is for those of you who are Clever Girl entrepreneurs or aspiring Clever Girl entrepreneurs. In this episode, we got into Letitia's personal story and how she transitioned from having a part-time business to becoming a full-time business owner. We talked about what you need to do to fund your side hustle, how to grow your side hustle, and what steps you can take to transition from being a part-time business owner to a full-time business owner. Um, This was a great conversation, and I think that you are going to enjoy listening in, especially if you are in a business or you're thinking of starting a business. But before we get started, if you haven't already subscribed to clevergirlfinance.com, please head over there to the website and subscribe so you can get access to my resource library and also to check out my accountability program. And be sure to subscribe to this podcast and tell a friend. You can subscribe on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Stitcher. So let's get into my conversation with Letitia. So welcome to the podcast, Letitia. I'm really excited to have you here. Yes, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. And guys, Letitia is one of my finance friends, and you guys know I'm all about bringing my friends on to talk about all things money. And so Letitia, I'd love for you to introduce yourself and let the listeners know who you are. Yeah, sure. So um, like you said, my name is Letitia, Letitia Styles. I am the founder of youngfinances.com, and I also run a coaching and consulting company under my name at letitiastyles.com. Um, I got started in business around the end of 2010. I started with my personal finance blog and then it sort of evolved into what I do now, which is helping uh, emerging entrepreneurs figure out how they can uh, take a skill they already have and, and turn it into a business. Awesome. And for those of you listening, if you are a Clever Girl entrepreneur, you wanna get your notebook and your pen out because Letitia is going to be dropping some dimes, some diamonds, I guess, (laughs) for us, some, you know, gems of knowledge. But before we get into the business side, um, Letitia, how did you, I guess I want to know more about your personal story. What made you start your personal finance blog? What led you to this place now where you have multiple businesses and you're kind of living life on your own terms? How did you get to this place? Yeah, so I started, like I said, uh, towards the end of 2010. I had graduated um, college May of 2010, which was, you know, right into the Great Recession. And at that point, I graduated with a finance degree, and there were not very many opportunities for uh, recent finance graduates at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, really, the industry was laying people off, uh, and they were not looking for new talent at all. And so, you know, I came out of college and and obviously I, I wasn't making any money. I couldn't find a job. It, it actually took me 11 months to find a job. So I was living at home uh, with my parents. And I remember one day I was, you know, headed into the kitchen. So I was walking in the hallway and I, I overheard my mom on the phone and she was talking about me. So naturally I kind of hid in the hallway and didn't come out so she saw me and I heard her um overheard her on the phone with the relative and she said well you know I don't I don't know what Tisha's doing she's got two degrees because I also had graduated with the Spanish degree um she's like you know she's got two degrees but she's not doing anything with either one of them and at that point I was like wow um okay so I 
I know that I have something to offer. I know that I I learned something in college. I know that I have skills, I have talents, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna create my own job. And so that's what you know prompted me to start uh, start the blog. I said, okay, well, you know, I've got all this this finance knowledge, so I'm just gonna start this financial blog. And and I honestly I didn't know what a blog was when I started. I was just like, I'm gonna start a website. And um, I started writing about what I knew, and I started teaching, and um, you know that went from you know me sort of doing it part time. And I remember I made my first. 20 24 dollars online and i was like oh wow i was like this <laughs> you know this is this is it's great this could actually be something and uh, i finally did get a job i got a full-time job in finance but i kept i kept doing the um i kept doing the blog i kept doing the side hustle and you know eventually i got it to a point where i was able to you know work it full-time um especially when i started incorporating some, you know, some of the coaching and and consulting income. And, uh, you know, it kind of grew from there. And I think I found you from your YouTube channel. So you had your personal finance book, but then you also had your personal finance YouTube channel that is awesome. And guys, Leticia's going to tell you where to find it, but it's an awesome channel. And that's how I found you. And I was like, oh my God, she's doing some really awesome stuff. So how did you then transition from being a personal finance blogger, writer, to becoming someone who helps entrepreneurs? And I guess let's take it back a question. (laughs) How did you get to the point where, because a lot of people want to know, you know, they're they're trying to figure out how did, how do they make transition from full-time employee to full-time business owner? So when you had your personal finance blog, how did you make that transition from being a part-time blogger to that becoming your full-time business? And then how did you transition from having that personal finance business to then having your um, business coaching business? Yeah. So honestly, um, YouTube was actually a big part of that, believe it or not. Because I had started doing the videos, I was getting, um, I got a a large brand that reached out to me and they saw my videos on YouTube and they were interested in doing um, some video content with me and they wanted to um, essentially fly me out to New York and they did hair and makeup, they recorded me and I got paid, you know, a pretty nice check for doing that. And that's when I realized that there were many more opportunities than just writing the blog. And that's when I got introduced to influencer marketing and I continued to do some of the affiliate marketing that I was doing. I learned how to market myself. And the way that I transitioned from, you know, just writing and 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 doing video into, you know, taking it to a full-time income was going more towards offering a skill. So at first I was just doing what I was doing for myself, right? And I was writing for myself and my audience and I was recording videos for myself and my audience. And then I I learned that if I wrote for other publications or, you know, other bloggers, I could get paid for that. And so I had a monthly uh, revenue goal that I had. I said, okay, if I can, I think at the time I was making, uh, I was taking home about 1500 a month, uh, 1500 every two weeks from my job. So I said, okay, if I can earn 1500 a month from doing this part-time, right? So basically half my take-home pay. If I could earn that part-time, then I would be willing to take it full-time 
because I know because I'm assuming that if I'm working at part time, making part time money, if I take it full time, I should be able to make full time money. Mm-hmm. And um, I made sure to I started saving. So I saved uh, six months worth of expenses. I dramatically decreased my expenses and I got rid of all of my uh, credit card debt and I got rid of my car loan. And I knew that because I didn't have, you know, to worry about that debt, that I would be able to, you know, more of the money that came in could go into my pocket and back into my business. So I definitely think that that's a, that's an important piece right there is, is getting rid of consumer debt um, before you decide to take the leap. And then from there, um, I started to, so I finally did, I started doing that freelance work. I finally made, you know, I started making about $1,500 a month and, um, and I went full time with it. That's awesome. And, you know, what you said about getting your savings to six months, having the plan to generate income before you quit your job, that's all music to my ears because that's very similar to what I did. And Mm -hmm. a lot of times people, think that they cannot transition out of their full-time jobs to become full-time business owners. And I'm always like, you have to have a plan in place. You have to have a path to transition because I get it that some people might hate their jobs. You know, there are lots of people out there who are not happy with their jobs. They're not passionate about what they're doing for somebody else and they want to work on their own business. But then it's the worst feeling to leave your job and go into the world of the unknown where you don't know how you're going to pay your bills you have you don't you haven't generated the income you haven't generated consistent income coming into your business and then the stress levels that come with that are just way worse than when you were at that work that job that you didn't like but still getting a consistent paycheck and i think a lot of people get caught up in the whole idea of you know the sensationalized stories that we we um see in the in the news of you know this 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 woman went from sleeping in her car to a seven figure business in six right. months. <laughs> you know those type of yep. stories. You know they're very very widely circulated, but at the same time, those type of situations are very few and very far between. Most people, like you know you who have made the transition, have done it with a plan. So, and the funny thing is, is that even though I had that plan, I still had to go back to a full-time job. Now, I'm not sure if you know this part of my story, but um, I left that full-time job. I had my six months of savings. I had that you know, income that I was making, but my income was dependent on um, other people, right? It wasn't just the freelance income, but I was making a significant portion from um, referring other people's programs. So I was doing affiliate marketing. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest programs that I was referring people to just suddenly closed closed the doors to me. They said, well, we're no longer paying you to refer, you know, people to us to sign up for credit cards. That's what I was offering at that point. And um, and my income dramatically dropped and I was scraping and scrambling to boost up that the freelance income but I, I couldn't do it in time and I started running out of um, started running out of money to be honest so I went back to a full-time job and that's when I shifted my entire business model and figured out okay if I want to have not just a side hustle that that 
can go full time. If I want to have an actual business that has, you know, revenue expenses that has, you know, an ideal client, all of that, I've got to figure that out. So that's when I went into doing um, consulting and I found several clients that where I wasn't just a freelancer, but I was using my skills and I was helping them with online marketing, help using my skills that I had learned from doing all of my blogging and my videos and all the social media. And I found clients that were willing to pay me a retainer in order to um, you know, manage this stuff for them. And that's when I finally realized, okay, this is how you create the sustainable income. And since then I've been working for myself full time for um, it's September. So it's actually two years, it'd be two years at the end of this month. Oh, wow. Congratulations. That's awesome. (laughs) And, you know, business is all about when you go into business, it's all about testing things out and trying things out and not giving up. So you lost a considerable amount of your income from the affiliate program that shut down, but then you didn't shut your business down. You did what you had to do. And then you got back up and reconfigured and figured out how to generate more income. And that's one thing I always tell folks who listen to the podcast is that you know, if I had to go back and get a full-time job, I'm not ashamed to do that because oh, yeah. I know that earning that additional income, if the income of my business is tight, is only going to allow me to further my goals of being able to grow my business. And sometimes people get like really caught up in the headspace of, oh my God, what are people going to think? I started this business and now I have to go back and get a job. But it's, you can't care, right? Because you yeah. know, Ultimately, you know what it is you want to accomplish with your business. And if getting a job, a full-time job or a part-time job to help you keep yourself together to grow your business is what you have to do, then that's what you're going to have to do. And you can't care what other people think. And interestingly enough, a lot of times people forget that businesses grow with leverage. So you're either going to invest in your business with debt you're going to invest in your business with equity and equity sometimes just comes from you working a full-time job and taking that extra cash and putting it into the business. Um, There are larger businesses that choose not to do that. And then, so they end up borrowing or they end up taking on a partner. And so I think a lot of times, especially for solopreneurs, we forget about that. We forget about the fundamentals of business, like a business needs capital Capital, in order yeah in order to to grow and continue on and you know when you're when you're working the business by yourself you've got you know you've got two choices you can put cash into your business or you can borrow to get cash into your business and um, getting a job there's nothing wrong with getting a job to finance your business absolutely not would you rather be in debt in business (laughs) or have have the cash to run your business you know (laughs) yeah exactly so one of the big questions I get from my clever girl entrepreneurs, um, because a lot of my audience are people who either have a business idea or they have started a side hustle and they have dreams of one day growing the side hustle into a big business. And the biggest question I get honestly around business is how do I fund my business? And we Mm -hmm. we kind of talked about it a little bit about working full time, but when you talk to your, you know, the people that you help setting up their businesses, how do you guide them as to here is what you can do to fund your business. Well, first thing I would start with is obviously your your job and work on reducing your personal expenses so that more of that paycheck that you get can go into either saving to start the business or into you know the ongoing upkeep of your business. 
Then beyond that, um, I'm a fan of um, business credit cards and I apply for additional credit every uh, six months, I think is when you're, um, when you can get a, um, a credit increase. I apply for additional credit from my credit, my business credit cards every six months. However, um, they're never maxed out. I pay those credit cards off in full each month. But the problem with credit is that when you need it, no one wants to give it to you. Um, but when you don't need it, that's when everybody wants to give it to you. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So I like um, using business uh, credit cards because it's kind of an easier way to do things. Um, other options are finding I hate saying like friends and family, um, but some people have, you know, those those uh, family members who are super supportive and they want to invest in your business and they want to, you know, kind of give you a you know, working capital loan or whatever you call it. Um, so that's an option. And then, you know, just being smart with your cash flow and bootstrapping your business. So if you're going to start where you're like, well, I don't have, um, you know, friends and family. And right now I don't, you know, I'm not going to take on a business credit card because I don't want to do any debt at all. I just want to, you know, work with what I've got. Then I would recommend, like I said, just keeping your personal expenses low. And then as you get cash flow into your business, that's when you can start doing the upgrades and, and putting systems in place. And it's going to require you to grow your business a little bit slower because leverage is is what can speed up that growth for you. But it's also going to prevent you from getting into any sort of you know financial issues with your business. That's true. And I have a business credit card. Well, it's a charge card, which a charge mm-hmm. card is basically a card you have to pay the balance every month. You cannot carry over balances. Yep. And... Um, you know, having a business credit card in your business name definitely helps you establish business credit. It uh, helps you establish your business's financial profile separate from your personal financial profile. But I would definitely say that if um, if you're someone who is still trying to get a firm handle on credit card use in your personal life, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> yeah, maybe a business credit card is not for you right now because what I see is that a lot of times... Um, the financial habits and the financial issues you have with your personal finances transition or transcend into your business because you haven't fixed the root cause, you haven't addressed the triggers. And so you want to be very cautious about how you use credit in your personal life or in your business. Yep, 100% true. I definitely agree with that. And then family and friends, I actually haven't, um, my husband says he's a silent partner in my business. I'm like, yeah, great. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I actually haven't done that myself. But, you know, I guess you have to have a contract in place. And I know that it can be difficult if it's like your mom or your brother (laughs) investing in your business. But I have definitely seen businesses go wrong with friends and Mm -hmm. with siblings, even people I know. And when it comes time to kind of separate it's it just makes it messier than it needs to be when the contract is not in place yeah when an agreement that has signatures is not in place i would say only go after that if if you know for a fact that someone is really really interested in investing in your business but if you have to go and convince them and and go through all of that like it's probably it's probably not the best fit yeah. i think it's worthwhile to also vet your investors because just because someone has money to give you doesn't 
necessarily mean that you need their money because I've seen situations where they've taken money from somebody and like every week I want an update what's happening with my money I want an update I want an update or it's like oh two weeks later or two months later I changed my mind I want to pull out now <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah that that's definitely something to look out for so so great advice Letitia um the next question that I get a lot is okay so I funded my business my business is grow is um you know is running I have this side hustle but I don't know what to do to grow my business I feel like I'm in the same place I was last year what -hmm. advice would you give to someone who their goal now is to grow their side hustle and be able to take it from part-time side hustle to full-time business so um first I would say efficiency and second I would say effectiveness so get really efficient by eliminating non-revenue generating activities. So if you're spending a lot of time, you know, putting pins on Pinterest, that's, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's not where you should be spending your time, right? Um, and that's just one example. Unless you are a Pinterest VA, then that's, you know, that's something different. But um, eliminate those things that that are not revenue generating if you want to grow your business. And when you really get serious about growing your business, you've got to get really effective at sales and marketing. So uh, marketing your business, finding uh, joint venture partners. Uh, sometimes people call it like business development where you're you know, looking for people who have either similar audiences or something where there's you know, something where you guys can maybe collaborate on and then getting really good at sales, like finding your your ideal clients, finding people who want what you have to offer and and offering it to them. You've got to get sometimes it, it's a little uncomfortable uh, to kind of start getting better at sales, but your business will grow as your as your revenue grows. And you've got to it's like a it's like a baby and revenue is is like baby food and you've got to you've got to feed that baby if you want it to grow. Mm-hmm. You said a couple of things that I'm like, "Oh my god, I feel like I'm back being coached." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you talked about to stop doing non-revenue generating activities. And mm-hmm. personally, I am a perfectionist. I'm the kind of person that, you know, my commas need to be where my commas need to be. Mm-hmm. I need to have the right spacing. I need to write the, have the right text color and I'm like none of this stuff is making me any money and so I have to I have to like consistently remind myself that you know done is good enough Mm -hmm. done is better than perfect and that's just by virtue of who I am the way you know I behave even at home you know my husband sometimes says that I'm borderline OCD because you know my kitchen has to be a certain way and so (laughs) that kind of carries into my business but what you said is something that I'm constantly reminding myself of and for those of you listening you know it's easy to get caught up in oh I'm going to you know redo my website front page a hundred times this landing page has to be perfect oh no you know my Instagram has to be perfectly curated every single day but if it's not making you money you want to minimize the amount of time and one of the things that have kind of helped my perfectionists personality is by getting um by leveraging tools that can help me with the automation you know like me edgar and later yep. and just things that i can set up in my perfectionist way <laughs> mm-hmm. and then let them go running off and doing the things i need them to do for me in my business like you know promoting my content and stuff like that while i work on the done aspect of getting things done in my business yeah so the other thing you said Letitia, that was really that really hit home for me was 
being effective at sales and getting comfortable with sales. And I'll tell you that I am um, an introvert by nature. I call myself Mm. a faux extrovert, which means that, you know, (laughs) when I step into my business, I have to put on this second personality of Bola to be able to put myself out there to do things like this podcast and the videos (laughs) and the webinars and things I do. And one of the things I had to get comfortable with was you know, selling my business, selling what Clever Girl Finance does. And it was challenging initially because, you know, I think, especially as women, sometimes we kind of carry a lot of feelings around selling is scammy, selling is, you know, shady or seedy. Mm -hmm. And I had to kind of like address that with myself where I had to tell myself that I'm giving something that I'm really passionate about. I'm giving something that I've worked really hard on. I'm giving something that I know works. And that for me, when I started thinking about it that way and tying in the effort I put into creating what it is that I'm putting out there, it eliminated you know, the feelings I felt about, oh my God, you know, I don't want to seem like I'm scammy. And so mm-hmm. it's been, for me personally, it's being comfortable with, with who I am as a business person and also it's reminding myself of what I put into what it is that I'm putting out there for sale you know I put so much effort into and I'm so passionate about what it is that I'm putting out there that to me it's it's something I think everybody should have so I'm glad that you mentioned that and honestly so I consider myself an introvert as well and I feel like introverts are great at sales. The one thing where we sort of stumble is is putting ourselves out there to go to go get the people to sell to. Um, but once we have that sales conversation, it's you know it's anything but sleazy or scammy because we have a way of um, it's just our intuitive nature. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just really good at figuring out what that person really needs and only offering them what they need because we're always in our head and we're always thinking even while we're speaking, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I knew that I was like, okay, I, I, if I can get the phone calls. I can make this business work, but I've got to get people scheduled on my calendar and trying to do that by like going to networking events already knew that that wasn't going to be the way that I did it. So I actually uh, personally created a system for myself where um, I'm using and leveraging tools to, to get phone calls generated and get, and get clients booked. And, you know, all I really have to do is, you know, kind of turn it on and, and, and book, book the clients once the phone calls come in and um, and putting that together was honestly what helped me survive and grow the business so that I'm you know doing it you know two years strong now because if I hadn't figured out a system that worked for my personality uh, I probably would have been you know back to a full-time job yeah that's very true figuring out a system that works for your personality and i think i've kind of gotten there with myself too and mm-hmm. i think back and you know there are some things that i wish i had done earlier in my business and i'm like why did it take you so long you know to <laughs> to share this so for instance my introverted self it mm-hmm. took me almost a year to share my story of saving 100k because i'm like oh my god i don't want people to think that you know i'm showing off yeah. i don't want people to think that you know i just had all these kind of random thoughts and i'm like wait a minute this is your story you need to yeah. own it like you need mm-hmm. it because for all the people out there who think you might be showing off a very small percentage, there's actually people that learning how you did this can actually help. Yep. 
And that helps to build your authority in business. It helps to show people that you are about what it is that you're preaching. You're not just out there saying, oh yeah, personal finance for women, blah, blah, blah. And mm -hmm. so that's really, really important. Yeah, totally agree. So what are your, what are some of your favorite tools that you use in business? Um, I would say, so I always start with my, um, my conferencing system. So I love, uh, Uber conference and zoom cause those allow me to deliver my, um, to not only book the calls on my calendar, um, but also to deliver the coaching and my training to my clients. Um, I really like using Asana, which is a, uh, project management software. And I like using Acuity, which is a scheduling software to help me schedule, um, you know, things like this and, and, and also calls with clients as well. Um, as when it comes to like social media, I do a lot more, I do most of my stuff on Facebook. So I usually use the native Facebook scheduling versus an actual scheduler. But when I was more active on Twitter, I was using um, Buffer okay. for, for scheduling that, yeah. And for those of you who are listening, I'm gonna put um, these tools Letitia is mentioning in the show notes. Um, I have to check out Uber Conference. Um, I love Zoom and Asana. And the other tool I really like that I currently use now with my team is Slack. Mm. It's a lifesaver for me because it just minimizes what's happening in my inbox. I can't deal with any more emails. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we get to talk in, in Slack and it's it's actually a fun little app. So I'll include all these in the in the show notes. So let's talk about books and your favorite business book. Like what is and you can say more than one, but what is what are the top books that have just really transformed your business or your way of thinking or have just really been motivational for you? Um, one of the top books that I read and it really had an impact on me was a book called The Sales Bible um, by Jeffrey Gittimer. That was, you know, it, it was instrumental in helping me to kind of hone my sales skills. Um, beyond that, as far as like um, motivational books, I would say um, there's a book called Tapping Into Wealth, which is, you know, it can be a little woo woo for some people. But there's some exercises um, and and journaling exercises and and things in there that I did that really helped me to to come to grips with my relationship with money and some you know some historic money stories that were holding me back from where I wanted to go. So I would say those two books are probably big. I know there's there's one more that I'm sure I'm forgetting. Um, but those are those were two big ones for me. I really like um, Jeffrey Gitomer, Gitomer, and I'll pronounce mm -hmm. the name. And the, his books are so pretty, like the way they're laid out. I have a book from him. It's called The Little Platinum Book of Cha-Ching. Oh, nice! <laughs> <laughs> About making money yeah. in business, and it's I've read this book multiple times, and the layout of his books are just really nice. They're almost like. Um, they're they're like almost like little things that you can keep not they're not just like I, they're really pretty books basically <laughs> and they're really yes. good books he's a really good author i have to check out um tapping into wealth yeah that one's a great one yeah awesome so i'm gonna check that out um and you guys i'll be putting the books again in the show notes and um i know i told i was going to ask you this <laughs> so what is your clever girl superpower so, um, okay. I, I had a hard time figuring out my, my 
clever girl superpower uh, for the longest time. And it was honestly, it was be it's it's because like usually you can't you don't know your superpower because you're so close to it. Like you don't even realize it's a superpower. So um, I did a um, the Gallup Strength Finder exam. And it told me that my number one strength was strategy and my second strength was vision. And that really is my superpower. My superpower is seeing, not only seeing what something could be, but knowing the strategy of what it's going to take to get there. And that's not only helped me, um, you know, in my business for myself, my own business, but it's helped me, you know, working with my clients as well. And yeah, that's really awesome because you are actually working with your superpowers. There's lots of people who have superpowers that they don't really actively work with, but you mm -hmm. are working as a business strategist every single day. This is what you live and breathe. Yes. So that's awesome. <laughs> You're like Letitia Wonder Woman. <laughs> you need to get your own bracelets. Yeah. <laughs> Well, this has been an awesome conversation. You know, I really love talking about business and just getting insights from business strategists like yourself as to what you have done that has helped you become successful. So Letitia, tell us how we can find you, how we can keep up with you. I want, you know, share your YouTube channel. <laughs> yes. So if you're interested, that's, that's like where I found you and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so for, for the personal finance side, and if you, if you'd like to see more uh, funny and relatable videos on uh, helping you get your money together, you'll want to go to youngfinances.com slash TV. And that will take you directly to the YouTube channel. Um, I've also got some videos on small business. And so you'll see uh, several of those videos in there. They're a little bit calmer, uh, a little bit more mature, but um, <laughs> but it's, it's great content as well. And honestly, I'm most active on Facebook. So if you just go to Facebook and type in the search box at Letitia TV, you'll you'll find me you'll find me there and um, you can drop me a message and chat and and um, I'd love to hear from you awesome thank you so much for being here Letitia and for sharing your wisdom with us I appreciate you thank you so much for having me take care so I hope you guys enjoyed listening into this episode I had a great conversation with Letitia and apologies for the annoying typing at the end I wanted to make sure I was getting in all the awesome tools she was mentioning um, so again if you have enjoyed listening to this podcast if you enjoy the podcast whenever it comes out please subscribe on iTunes SoundCloud or Stitcher and I'll be back again with a brand new episode soon